When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll talk anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. Before we begin, I want to remind you guys so you can read our content on nj.com slash eagles and make sure to bookmark that. And also, you can get the, that's where you can get the latest Eagles news and analysis. Today, once again, I'm joined by co-host Caden Steele, but we have a new addition to our, our cast right now. We're, that's right, we're going to our trips package right now. We have somebody new, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Bob Brookover. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, we got a bunch formation now. I don't know what we're going to do out of it. <laughs> we're going to go down the field. We're going to hey, run, run, we run. We're going to – no, we're not going to run. We're going to pass, pass, pass. Anyway, go, go, go. <laughs> you know, we'll use some motion. We'll actually use motion in, the, in this offense. I think I like that. But, uh, but yeah, Bob's joining us for the rest of the season. He, he's helping out when it comes to that. And, uh, uh, Bob, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've been doing this business for about 40 years now. Um, I covered the Eagles before for the Inquirer, covered the Phillies for about 25, 26, seven years for the Inquirer, did the Eagles for, for I think, eight, seven or eight. I uh, was a general columnist at the Inquirer for uh, seven years, I think. Um, sports columnist, general sports columnist. For that, I worked at the Delaware County Times and the Camden Courier Post. Uh, and started at NJ.com covering the Giants. In the middle of this season, I got traded to the Eagles, uh, gained a lot of games in the standings. Uh, looking forward to the whatever runs ahead here, last five games and into the playoffs. And looking forward and already enjoyed working with you guys and looking forward to my first No Huddle podcast with you two. Thank, thank you very much, Bob. We're looking forward to uh, talking. We're looking forward to talking to you today and you joining us. You know, it's great. And we're also now going to Caden. Caden, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Glad to have Bob here for his first episode. And I'm excited, you know, similar to Bob for these last five games to see what happens. Obviously, you know, for Eagles fans who are listening to this podcast, you probably didn't love the way things went Sunday. But this month of December is going to be a pivotal stretch. And uh, it's probably going to be, you know, a bunch of, you know, people just having high pulses, just, you know, freaking out, especially the way this team's been playing recently. But it should be fun down the stretch. And, the, the atmosphere at the link and then, you know, if for, for you, Chris, you know, traveling on the road for some of these games, including that Seattle game, is going to be a, you know, a fun way to end the season for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. You know, always that when they go down, especially with this upcoming game, which we're going to talk about later, this Dallas Cowboys team going down to AT&T Stadium, that atmosphere is always uh, 
little crazy at times when you get all the Eagles fans that travel and you get all those uh, Cowboys fans down there. But, yeah, it should be interesting in the season. Well, the one part that uh, we saw the, the, their last game, which makes this, this, this upcoming game uh, puts even more weight onto it, was that 42 to 19 loss to the San Francisco 49ers? We all were there in the press box to witness what happened. And yeah, it wasn't pretty at all when you, when you look at what the way that the Niners dominated both sides of the ball. I think whenever you talk about the uh, last, uh, the, the bright spot of a game, probably being your special teams and your punter, ain't a good day. So you're looking at that. So I'll open, I'll open up with this right now. Uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Bob. Bob, what do you think the biggest worry is with this team after that lo- lopsided loss? Uh, you know, just getting that defense together, you know, we, the, the fans and, uh, you know, a, a lot of outside noise for, for weeks and weeks as the team went, went to 10 and one was that there's a problem with Brian Johnson and the play calling. And in the meantime, while all that was going on, the defense was kind of quietly, uh, falling apart. Uh, they've allowed, I think, 435 yards per game over the last five, uh, nearly 30 points a game over the last five. Um, you know, and if you you look at that in the in the context of where would they rank if they did that uh, all season, they'd be, tw- I think, 31st in points allowed and last in yards allowed. Um so that you know, that's got to be fixed. You know, Sean Desai, who had a news conference the other day, I think he was asked twenty-one questions or twenty questions, and I think he used the "we got to be better" line about twenty-one times out of the those twenty questions. They weren't all about that, but you know, he kept he basically was was well aware that there's a problem and it needs to be fixed, and it needs to be fixed uh, in a hurry. And it, you know, if it's not fixed in some regard this week in Dallas, where the Cowboys have been averaging 40 points a game at home this year it could be ugly this sunday sunday night in dallas yeah it really could you know right now currently his team is averaging uh is allowing 350.6 yards per game per game which has them and you know, we hear all the time that uh, nick sirianni talks about they don't like being a bottom 10 well yeah they're flirting with it caden what about you what have you seen what 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 did you see from last night's game that has you worried yeah, it's hard not to pick defense, right? Especially watching Kyle Shanahan, and albeit he's a great coach and he does it to a lot of you know defenses, but I know exactly where to pick on with the linebackers and um, know exactly know to go to Jawan Jennings against Eli Ricks. Like he knew exactly what to do. This defense has a lot of holes. Uh, against Buffalo, they couldn't get any third down stops. It seemed against Josh Allen, especially on third and long, multiple times. Uh, he tore him apart. So defensively, there's a ton of concern. And I think most realistic, they got to fix that because, you know, if they can't stop anyone, they're not going to win any games. But offensively, uh, the concerns with Brian Johnson and the way they've been productive this year is still real to me. Um, in that game against the Niners, they lose 42 to 19. But you go back and if they score two touchdowns, just have six points in the red zone. And I know it's a lot of what if, you know, and you know, that didn't end up happening, but it would have been 14 nothing, and that game could have been a lot different. You could have got a big lead early on. The offense hasn't been efficient all year. Even though they still rank top 10 in most categories, you know, they still score a lot of points. Um, they still get a lot of yards, but it's never looked super efficient. And I, there's not been a, a point this year consistent where I've been like, this This offense as is as dangerous as it was last year. So because the defensive is struggling, the offense, you know, 
they need to play even better. And, and maybe you could say that's unfair, but last year you felt like they could make up for any, you know, struggle maybe the defense would have. They could compete in any type of shootout. Um, they had everything that, you know, was work, uh, that you wanted for them to win games, you know, offensively this year, the run game hasn't been as efficient. And I know fans are clamoring, you know, outside the Nova care for them to run the ball. But uh, at the same time, even when they do, it hasn't been super efficient. The offensive passing game still looks kind of clunky, uh, especially recently. And a lot of that has to do with Dallas Goddard being out, but just overall, um, it just seems like things aren't fully gelling. Like there are moments where you see things that you like, but it's a real concern at this point in the year where we talked about last week on the podcast, Chris, where we talked about the identity of this Eagles offense. And I'm still not sure what that identity is, at least the one that's going to help them, you know, get back to the Super Bowl because week in, week out, there is too much inconsistency for this team to thrive and, you know, be a offense that really threatens the top defenses in this league at the 49ers. And they couldn't do it last week. Yeah, yeah, you both make some very, very good points. And when I look at this, the thing that really worries me, I'll make it a trifecta here with defense, but I think it's just overall this team has trouble getting off the field in terms of third down. They're dead last in the league right now in terms of third down defense. They're, they're only allowed, they're stopping deep offenses 47.3 times of, uh, when, they, when they're, uh, facing them and we saw that on display against the 49ers 49ers were constantly in second and short third and short I mean there's times I mean they, they were doing a, the 49ers were doing a great job getting substantial yards early on and things it opens up your whole entire playbook and we've seen right now that when this back seven is struggling at times they're playing off at times and I know the cornerbacks have said that hey you know what it helps them see the quarterback but quarterback better and allows them to get picks but I think your biggest trouble is around that second level when you look at the linebackers or safeties what have you that are helping to try and help out with that you're seeing they're not being an effective job and it's one reason why I think they made a move that we'll talk about later but that third down defense, especially those good teams like you're seeing, like the 49ers, like you could see against the Cowboys. Like, I mean, you can't put a pass now the way they've been playing the Seattle Seahawks. Those three teams right there are really good, are, are going to give you issues with the talent they have. So I don't know what you can do right away to immediately fix that, but it, something has to be done because if not, this trip that we all thought that, hey, you know what, we're going deep, at least NFC Championship game, probably Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the type of defense that could find you if you don't tighten that up you can find yourself out in the divisional round this team's too talented to let that happen but hey it's setting up for that now Caden, i'm going to ask you uh when we look at this well too we're going to go back to the offensive side of the ball eagles quarterback jalen hurts he, he's sliding a little bit more than we've seen too they're they're running whenever they're running the zone reads they're not being as effective as they were too is it time to be concerned about jalen hurts and, and his ability to run the ball and when you look at the way he's done so far this season yeah i think you know, it is time to be concerned uh, about his ability to be as explosive as he was. I'm not going to go as far as David Carr and say, you know, Marcus Mariota needs to play or anything like that. But <laughs> I, I, I do think there is something to the fact that of I'm not really sure if he's fully healthy because at times he doesn't look. I know the brace is off and everything now and you know, play through. Uh, the knee bruise and all that, but it still doesn't look like the Jalen Hurts that we're used to. Uh, even, you know, the stat and uh, it's, it's something a little bit last year. The average 4.6 yards per carry this year is 3.6. That's a whole yard different. And it might not seem like a lot, but 
it is a lot at the end of the day. And I think offensively, especially when um, last year, I felt like, you know, it really helped the offense at times, especially with the RPOs, but it wasn't exactly needed because the pass offense with Shane Steichen was so much more, uh, I guess there's just so much more of a rhythm to it. It was so much more explosive uh, just from the eye perspective. And this year it's not. And um, when he's not able to uh, now to break down defenses with his legs as much and able to escape and make big, you know, 20, 30 yard runs. It's an element that's missing that could really, really, really help, you know, spark this offense. And we've seen it so many times in past years, ever since he stepped in for Carson Wentz as a rookie, where when his offense is dead, he's able to make plays with his legs and give him credit um, for developing to the pocket passer that he is, you know, He's taken huge steps, and it's one of the reasons he's you know, generally considered a top-ten quarterback in this league. But it is a concern right now. and It's something the Eagles' offense needs. They really need Jalen Hurts to make some of those extra plays right now because everything around him is you know, not performing to the level it did last year. So going down this stretch – you have to hope there is some type of you know way that they can get him involved and get him more explosive in that area. And obviously you want to balance that, Chris. You mentioned him sliding more, and that's also what you want to see because you don't want him getting you know injured. And he's already you know gone some gone through some injuries uh, with the knee and the shoulder. Like you want to be able to, you know, protect him, but at the same time, like Brian Johnson has to find a way, you know, to get the run game going. Like, like I mentioned, it hasn't been, you know, super efficient with DeAndre Swift um, of recent. And there's been moments where Swift's gotten the ball and he's made some big plays, especially in that Kansas City game. But they need something to get things going. And right now you have to wonder if Jalen Hurts, you know, has enough, you know, in him to be able to get that going because something's obviously off. But offensively, as a, you know, as a quarterback, you know, you still believe that he can – he could do things from the pocket that uh, can help you win games. But long-term, there is some concerns, especially if you want to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to give you guys some uh, ideas about what his rushing numbers look like, I know uh, he just dealing that bone bruise uh, around earlier this season. After, since the bye week, since he had that rest, 33 rushes, 114 yards, which is an average of 3.5 yards per carry, 10 first downs and five touchdowns. And we know the brotherly show is part of that, but – yeah, when you take all the, the, the quarterback sneaks, sneaks out of it, it it's only goes up to 4.5 yards per carry, six first downs and two touchdowns. So, yeah, something the Bears watching for the rest of, rest, for the, rest of the season when it comes to that. And, and I'll turn it over to you, Bob. You know, you wrote a piece at uh, NJ.com that everybody can still read about now about this Eagles defense. And I, I want to ask you about this. Do you think it can be fixed or do you think this is what they are? And is it? do you, do you think it's well good enough to carry them to a Super Bowl? Well, I, I think the good news for the Eagles is before this five-game stretch, uh, they played their best defensive game of the year against a team very similar to the 49ers in terms of uh, motion packages, uh, trying to create confusion by doing all kinds of different things pre-snap. Uh, and they played their best defensive game of the year. They held the the, the, uh, the held the Dolphins to the 244 total yards. That's a season low for the Dolphins, who, who at that time – and still are, but at, but at that time were the number one offense in points and yards, and they came into the link. And the Eagles played, uh, you know, Sean Desai had a Desai had a great 
game plan. Uh, you know, he made he, he made them. Uh, he, you know, he basically said, "Tua, you're going to have to beat us with your arm." Uh, rather than you know all downfield, rather than with these short passes in space, and that you know they made it work. Um, since then, not much has worked for the Eagles. Uh, let's look at their yardage total since then: four seventy-two against the Commanders, um, who had who had been destroyed by the Giants the week before that I'd witnessed. You know, I I remember just looking at the numbers as I was sitting at the Giants game, like. What what don't they get about Sam Howe that you can just easily stop him? But anyway, uh, and then four oh six against the Cowboys, um, and then it's three thirty six against the Chiefs. That number goes up to three eighty seven, I think. If if um, if the ball is caught at the in the end zone um, at the end of the game, and the which could have cost the Eagles a loss there, uh, but it's it wasn't. Uh, so you, you just say was the Bills became the 28th team ever against the Eagles to put up 500 plus yards. They got 505. Now they, they needed overtime to do that, admittedly. But then the 49ers put up 456 and became the first team since 1966 against the Eagles, the 1966 Cowboys, to score touchdowns on six straight drives. Um, you know, a, a real problem there. The Eagles, you know, they got to go back to figuring out a way. Obviously, one of the issues here was they were without Zach Cunningham, who, in my opinion, is their best coverage linebacker. Uh, they're doing, they, they, they believe they're going to have him back this week. He, he was limited in practice yesterday, but it sounds like there's a good chance he's back. Uh, and also now they've brought in Shaquille Leonard, um, who as recently as two years ago was arguably the best linebacker in the league, certainly one of the best linebackers in the league, uh, a takeaway machine. I, when I see the number from that season, he had 15 – Part in 15 takeaways in 2021. Uh, that's a ridiculous number to even fathom. Um, is he the same player? <laughs> I kind of laughed. Somebody asked him yesterday, you know, well, well what happened in the last two years? And he kind of like sheepishly said, uh, two back surgeries. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, yeah, two back surgeries will, will slow you down a little bit. Uh, you know, he said he couldn't run for, for five months at one point, you know, after he had the first surgery, I guess. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's some question about how good Shaq Leonard can be um, this season. Um, you know, I think I think the good news for for the Eagles is there that's a low risk. And if you look at, I'm just looking at his pro football focus grades here, correct? You know, right? And so we go. Let's go six, seven, eight. Week six, seven, eight, nine. He had a seventy five point six. That's that's above average. His overall grade, uh, run defense eighty six point seven. Well, that's that's star average. Uh, and we're talking this season sixty eight against Cleveland, seventy point eight. 73.8 uh 70.8 in New Orleans against New Orleans 73.8 against Carolina uh you know and his run defense good that you know the, and then he had a really bad game against New England his last game and got released coming back from the bye but you know there's some signs of him being a the player there um Daryl Slater, our, our colleague who covers the Giants, who I covered the Giants with for the last year and a half, he, he caught up with Bobby Okereke, who was his teammate in um in Indianapolis for four years. And he just talked about the the mentality of this guy and the way he practices and just his nickname is 
Matt, Maniac. Is there a better nickname for a linebacker than, <laughs> than Maniac? I don't. I don't think there could be. Uh, you know, and he just said the way he practiced was off the charts. It taught him how to play. And having covered Okereke, you can see, like, oh, oh, that's where all that came from because Bobby Okereke is that kind of player. So I'm really eager to see a the influence he had in the locker room has in the locker room and b what he has left i mean this is also a guy who was obviously a great guy off the field he won the ed block courage award with the colts uh he was their walter payton uh nomination for man of the year which is you know Dwayne johnson this year is a prestigious probably the most prestigious award in the nfl for the players i think uh so you know this is a class guy with who's a beast you know, go back to your original question. Can can the Eagles fix their defense? Uh, I don't know, but they're trying. And this is, we'll see if this guy can have what kind of impact this guy can. Cool, cool. And you mentioned Shaq Leonard and the difference he can make. Kate, now I'll throw the same question to you. Do you think that Shaq Leonard will be able to make a, di- uh, a difference in this defense? I guess it means, you know, what type of difference in a sense of him reverting back to his old form and being called the maniac and getting 15 takeaways? Probably not. But he could be an upgrade over Nick Morrow. And uh, obviously Christian Ellis you know, got released yesterday. But I think he could be an upgrade over what they currently have with Nicobe Dean out. But there are, you know, there are reasons why the Colts released, you know, Leonard. And it probably has to do a lot with those two back surgeries. Just, you know, going through uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, seeing, you know, multiple clips of, uh, you know, Shaq getting, you know, beat on some plays, taking some bad angles, or it just looks like maybe the athleticism isn't there anymore. So, you know, at this point in the year, when you're uh, going into week 14 and you're having to sign a linebacker that was uh, cut by a team that looks like you know, it's going to make the playoffs in the AFC, and they got some you know pretty good linebackers out here, Franklin, EJ Speed. But it shows you they don't think, you know, Shaquille Leonard is the same player that he used to be. They felt, you know, pretty good about just releasing him and, he is a good guy, and he was beloved by the fans, but it seemed like, you know, they think his best football is behind him. So maybe, you know, a fresh start would do him good, and the Eagles will get lucky. But going, you know, to sign a linebacker that has in some injury concerns, I saw his snaps decrease this year uh, to pretty much a two-down linebacker. He wasn't playing, you know, all three downs. I think it's really concerning, and I don't know if it's going to fix the defense. And getting Zach Cunningham – with him back will really help. Zach Cunningham's, I think, been one of the biggest surprises of this entire season. He's been their most consistent linebacker. So if you can get just, what, 80% of Shaq Leonard was or 75% of Shaq Leonard was, and then I think you have a win there. Uh, but it, it makes you kind of think back to the offseason, especially the way this linebacker uh, – just units play this year. The team really thought that Nakobe Dean would take that next step and not sure what he is as a player yet um, because he's been injured so often this year. Uh, we don't know if, you know, he is the, the long-term answer at that position. And then the other position they never really addressed. They signed Nick Murrow, come in training camp, brought him back. They brought in Miles Jack as well at the same time as Cunningham, just kind of throwing, uh, you know, taking chances out there and hoping one would stick. And uh, Cunningham, did but it makes you think how how he evaluates linebackers it's something that he doesn't uh, necessarily address in the offseason he let both tj edwards and kaiser walk uh, kaiser white walk in the offseason and no they had their ups and downs especially in that super bowl but for the most part they were a really really consistent group of linebackers 
probably the best linebacker play that the Eagles have had in a long time. Uh, you let both go and you try to repair it with uh, the Kobe Dean, hoping he would be the next guy. And then you took a chance on a couple of other guys. And I think it's led to uh, the most inconsistent group uh, on the team, arguably. I know the secondaries had some struggles. So now you're bringing in Leonard to kind of fix it the last second. I just don't think, you know, that strategy is, you know, really smart. You, ha- you had to do it. Like Bob said, you- they're trying. They're trying to fix their defense. They realize the group isn't really strong. And you hope Leonard's, you know, his IQ and his experience and the way he approaches the game, uh, you know, helps you fix some things. But athletically, you know, does he have anything, you know, left compared to what he did, you know, a few years ago? And uh, the answer right now is probably no. So Eagles fans are probably, you know, simmer down the expectations and not expect the uh, the all-pro version to show up. The guy who for a long time was talked about as the best linebacker in football, Fred Warner, Nah, we, we'll see what happens, you know, starting Sunday, if you put I'll just tell my quick favorite. We got this guy after he got released and wasn't wanted uh, anymore. Linebacker story in Eagles history, pro- probably in Eagles history, uh, is Jeremiah Trotter, who the Eagles released or let go as a free agent. He signed with, a, with Washington, played two years there. After his second season, they were disappointed in him. They released him. Uh, he convinced, you know, after pleading with the Eagles to sign him uh, in the summer, late in training camp, the Eagles signed him. Uh, they made him sit. I think uh, how many how many games was it? it they made him sit like um, six. I think. Let's see here. It was they made him. Was sit, that the he, Mark Simino year? Mark Simino was the guy they wanted. Oh, and, goodness. And so oh. It, it, one, two, three, four, five. He played special teams for five games, was maybe their best player on special teams. And then finally they said, uh, well, and then somebody got, I think somebody had to sit out in week six. He came in, had eight tackles, two for tackles for losses, and a pass defended. And then he had to sit for two more games and play special teams and was kind of eased in on packages. And then they got killed by the Steelers. And the following week, they they um, said, okay, Jeremiah, you're our starting linebacker now. And he made the Pro Bowl. And, you know, he was a starter for the rest of the year for a team that went to the Super Bowl. That's that's the best case scenario for a, a linebacker who a lot of people didn't think had anything left in him. Uh, so if, if that can happen. I, I will say this: Jeremiah Trotter's problems were his knees, not his back. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's an injury you got to bears watching. You know, I was talking to a couple people while this is all going on. I was talking to a couple people around the league, and they think that's what's what hampering him. He's still trying to get his feet wet with this, but you're a little bit more half the past half past the season, and not a lot can change in that time. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a whole change. I mean, one person said there was some issues with the scheme and, and his him trying to get back to working to in, in, in thing it, it wasn't really meshing well and they wanted to give him a chance to go out there and, and do his thing because they respect him a lot so the thing, yeah the it's thing a lot would, going the on thing that. Would, the thing that would encourage me most uh is is the endorsement from from Bobby O'Karrake and also what he said yesterday I, I asked him you know the group was around but I asked him uh you know, do you, do you have something to prove here to the Colts? And he said, yeah, I want to prove it to the Colts, but I want to prove it even more to myself that I can still play. Um, so that, you know, there, the, the, the determination uh, and, you know, just just uh, hearing the Bobby O'Karrake, what he said about the guy, you know, the, the all out 
effort to to do this is going to be there. Um, and, and and there is also something to be said for players. You know, when when a guy has a resume like this guy has, I think it's hard to be a leader if you're not on the field. But you know that he's going to at least have the instant respect of everybody in that room who's going to. I, I saw it with the Giants earlier this year with, with Justin Pugh when they signed him, you know, a veteran guy, and the, the, the offensive line was a mess. And all of a sudden you had a bunch of, all, you know, all the offensive line kind of gravitating toward him and, you know, seeking his advice on, on different things. So I think you can see that. Not, you know, not that. Not that Zach Cunningham and and Nick Morrow need that they're they're veteran guys themselves, but even they, I'm sure, have uh, the utmost respect for Shaquille Leonard's resume. Yep, yep, it's a, it's a good one when it comes when you look at everything. All right, guys, we reach our final topic today is Sunday night's game itself. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys each to answer this one, and and, and I'll start over with Caden. Caden, the Eagles will. The Eagles, who are going to AT&T Stadium, where they haven't won in the last five games, the Eagles can win this game if if the defense can stop CD Lamb from getting going and stop Jake Ferguson this time around. I think you know the pass defense um, has been super inconsistent, even with the addition of Kevin Byard. A lot of that has to do with you know, the inconsistency inside at nickel, and that's where CD Lamb likes to line up a lot. And I know Bradley Roby made a big play against the Chiefs by forcing that fumble inside the red zone. But to, in my personal opinion, just from, you know, the eye test, I, he's not been, you know, super great. They've been throwing an Eli Ricks in there still. And he had arguably his worst game as a, you know, a pro on Sunday against the 49ers. So if they can stop CeeDee Lamb and uh, from having a big day and kind of limit that pass offense from getting going, they could win this game at AT&T Stadium, but they got to do that first, and that seems like a tall task. Bob, I think what you the Eagles will win this game if um, it, it goes back to what Caden just said there about a turnover in Kansas City being all the difference in that game. Uh, it needed to it needed to force Dak into some turnovers. You know, he's he's been been better at that this year. Uh, you know, but he's still prone to throwing interceptions. He's got six this year. Um, you know, to, to, it's to me to win on the road in a place where the Cowboys haven't lost in 14 games and have been just dominant this season. And they actually showed some some vulnerability against the Seahawks for the first time all season. That was really the only close game they've even played there. But you're going to have to force a turnover uh in, in order to beat him at least one probably two uh you know if, if you can do that you got a you got a shot and you know they're they're also going to have to to score here because the, the, you know as as I pointed out the Cowboys are averaging 40 points a game at home uh this season so you you're going to have to hold them at least into 30 and you're going to have to to score with them so and, and I agree with a lot of you guys saying. I think the way I think the Eagles win this game is it, it's going to have to be complimentary football in this in the terms of this. You have to, and, and I'm not asking for coffee like this guy was sta- like those two guys that were standing outside the Novacare complex. I mean, 
it's cold and when we're recording this it's cold and down here in uh, South Jersey and in Delaware it's just some snow flurries right now but you gotta run the ball effectively they need to tweak that run the game a little bit it's, it's not the end all be all that you need 40 rushes per game and, and three yards in the cloud it does but tweak it to the point I, I, the one thing I'm still waiting for to see is this team was having a lot of success when they were running out the pistol formation where Hurst is still a couple yards behind the line the, behind Jason Kelsey to get the snap can over, still see the defense and, and see what they're trying to do, but it's but you have Swift, Gainwell, what have you behind them to be able to still run that run effectively and get that head start to run downhill. I'm, I look at that. I look at the regular Hurts under center to try to change some of that stuff up and the play action pass that comes off of it because I really think if you start establishing that, the Cowboys, especially when you see their defensive backs, they agree. If Deron Bland, especially, he takes a couple steps in and then you run out and up on them, I think you can burn them. And I look at what you the Seattle Seahawks did, especially this side with DK Metcalf. I think you rely a lot on. A.J. Brown the same way he did that to, on a play-action pass to burn him that way. And the more and more you run the ball, keep that time possession, you don't have to put that defense out there. You lower the score, you win the game. It may not be pretty, it, it, but at this point right now, you need a tiebreaker, you need a division, and, and you need that one seat overall. Chris, I, that's I like the way your, I think I like your that. game plan. I like your game plan a lot. <laughs> Hey, I, I wish uh, I, to be a fly on a wall in, in those meetings. I'll be, I, I think just, you should, I just want to be either one. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should outline that and hand it to Nick when we do our little uh, after the Friday Friday uh, news conference when he when he just does it, the informal thing. Here, here, Nick, try this. I feel like we have to chuckle within the wound. Bleep, 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 bleep. Anyway, hey guys, uh, thank you, guys. Bob, this is your first. You, 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 you made it through. You're, you're part of it as well, too. You made it through it. We got some – the trips package works. Well, I, we I gotta, like it. We got we we to do our predictions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to do that? All right, cool. What do you guys got? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll you know, I'll start off first. You mentioned, you know, um, Dallas putting up almost 40 points at home this year. It's going to be really, really tough. It's a big game for both teams. The way that Dak Prescott has been playing this year has been super impressive. And the MVP conversation, you know, last week, uh, we all saw Jalen Hurts, you know, name at the top of that conversation. Now this week, you know, it's been Brock Purdy and it's been Dak Prescott. And through 13 weeks, Dak Prescott's been playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the league. And Bob mentioned, you know, they need to force him into turnovers, and they really do because, you know, Dak's been more careful with the football this year. The offense has been a lot more efficient. And the way this defense has been playing, even with the addition of Shaq Leonard, I can't see them stopping Dallas at Jerry's World. I really can't. And then on the other side of things, offensively, they do need to score a lot of points. And, you know, they scored 28 last game against the Cowboys. But the offense, you know, had some struggles in that game, especially against that pass rush of Dallas in the first half. We all saw Jalen Hurts, you know, take that low hit from Demarcus Lawrence come off the field, cause a scare, you know, I like a financial field, but the, the Eagles defensive line or Eagles offensive line is obviously really good, but this Dallas defensive line, uh, they stack up with some of the best in the league and they do on the other side as well. The offensive line is really good with Tyler Smith, uh, Zach Martin. They, they can give Dak plenty of time. So it's tough to beat a team twice in a single year. And I know Eagles fans don't want to hear this, but I think they're going to drop this one in Dallas, you know, like 30-27. So it's going to be a close game, but I, just, I don't know if they're going to have enough firepower this time around. Hey, no worries. You got you to tell it like it is. You got to go with that. Bob, what did you got? 
Well, I'm just going to give you a score and 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 the good news. The score, I you know, I, I'm with Caden. A lot of the things he said here. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game, 31 to 24. I think the great news for the Eagles is they still really have their own fate. Uh, in their hands as far as the division it's, uh, losing in Dallas is a disaster in terms of that number one seed, because I'm not sure the 49ers lose again, their toughest game left on the schedule is at home against Baltimore. It's obviously a tough game, but uh, the 49ers look like the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, and, and, you know, I think they're better than the, than the Ravens. So if the Eagles lose this game, they could be, giving away the number one seed. The good news is they're not giving away the division. Yes, they'd be tied with the Cowboys at that point. They'd both be 10-3. Uh, and three. But the Eagles hold the tiebreaker. Should the Eagles win out, should they be able to? And that's no guarantee because they got to go to Seattle the following week. Not an easy place to win. They haven't won there since the Phillies won the World Series. And as we know, that's getting up to be a long time ago now. Um, so uh, I was at that game. Uh, anyway, um, so – so, but the it was um, if, if they beat Seattle and then win their last three games, the Eagles would win the tiebreaker with the Cowboys and still win the division and force the Cowboys to go the wild card route uh, through through the playoffs. So it's it's not the end of the world if they lose this game. Uh, if they win this game, now they're looking at a good chance of having a number one seed. It's a really it's a really important game, but it's not dire if they lose to the Cowboys Sunday. Well, you know what they say about the triple whammy, so I guess the Eagles are going to win because I'm picking the Cowboys as well, too, on this one. <laughs> I just look at the way it's only – the way I look at it is I look at Dak Prescott and how he is, is home and away. It's night and day. And I know he covered the Eagles the last time he was up here at Lincoln Financial Field. He had a, he had a decent game and save for him stepping out of bounds with a two-point conversion and other things. We'll probably talk about that first game as a loss. When you look at him when he's on the road – He's thrown for eight touchdowns and four interceptions. When he's at AT&T Stadium, 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. So I look at that. That, that There's something about the place. I don't know if the Eagles have to put walk around the outside with Sage and, and do something like that, whatever have you. I don't know if they change their pregame routine when they're eating down there or something like that. But I just have the Cowboys win this game 34-31 and buckle up for because it's going to be uh, this last four games after this Cowboys game. Oof. It's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, a lot of red zones, red zone Sundays, and everything else with that. So, with that, guys, I want to thank you wait, guys wait, for. Wait, 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 oh, 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 okay, okay. Oh, we called timeout. We got timeout. We got timeout. Because you made me think of something when you were talking about doing doing their little voodoo dance uh, to try to oh, win no. them. <laughs> two oh, things. No. Two things. Here's what they need to do. This goes back to to 2009, and Dave Spadaro was caught on tape spitting on the star. <laughs> oh, spuds! Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. What, so what, maybe they why? could try. They could either try that, or they could have bring back To to do it. You know the the dance on the star, and you know and kill him the star you know those are the two things they could do other than that no you know i just wanted to tell those two stories anyway close it up chris take us out i can show you one thing that you won't see uh you won't see jalen hurst doing a guitar thing as he's coming out the lock uh, as coming out the, the, the locker room to the field i can assure you you won't see that <laughs> that's but anyway Caden, bob thank you guys for joining the show today it was a lot of fun doing this uh, for everybody else that's listening, thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it. Also, make sure you continue to check out NJ.com slash Eagles. We'll have all of our content on there. 
So for Caden, for Bob, I'm Chris. Everybody have a good one.